Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Check out my Twitter page, Brian Cat NFL, as well as Paul's Fanatic with a P-H. That's P-H-I-N-A-T-I-C underscore pick on Twitter as well. So here we are a few days into training camp now, adding on to this 53-man roster going through position by position and we really do that for a reason because if you take a look at a couple of players Paul and I had on the team making the 53, center Ryan Anderson and J. Ron Elliott were actually cut here before the beginning of training camp. So we're going to wait a little bit to get into the 53-man roster prediction in totality, but we are going to predict who we expect to make it at defensive back right here. So, Paul, taking a look at this unit, we did save the best for last because it looks like this might be the best position group on the team. And you could actually make the case that four of the five best players are at this position with Xavier Howard, Minka Fitzpatrick, Bobby McCain, and Rashad Jones. Oh, completely. I mean, it, it's – and I love the fact that thus far in training camp they're doing something that you and I talked a lot about in the off season which is deploying a lot more of those nickel and dime looks as they move forward here. I know we touched on it a little bit in our front seven show. I know it, it's something that we've been looking at a lot and, and they're doing some of the things that we've been screaming about for years. Like they're playing Rashad Jones and TJ McDonald up at, you know, strong side linebacker in some of the looks. So you really don't know what this defense is doing because of the way they're flexing their secondary around. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing at the strong safety position, Rashad Jones being the starter, but TJ McDonald out on the field now that he's back from PUP, showing a lot of those big three those big three safety looks, also coming down into the linebacker position too. So that's going to alleviate some of the need at linebacker, and then the linebackers are going to blitz a little bit more, as it seems. That's going to in- alleviate the need for a big edge rusher, even though the Dolphins are pretty weak in that department. So yeah, taking a look at what Chris Perkins from The Athletics said here, and it's music to both of our ears, Miami quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick saw it throughout OTAs in minicamp, and he saw it again during Thursday's first practice of training camp. The Dolphins secondary is playing much differently this year under Coach Brian Flores. So far, there are definitely more dime packages under Flores, a scheme Miami hasn't employed much in the last few years. And it seems, though, there are even more nickel packages with the five defensive backs. So certainly what we're looking for there, and the Dolphins certainly have the stars at the top with the four guys that we mentioned. Now it's really just a matter of them filling out the rest of that depth chart because if you're weak at the fifth, sixth, seventh defensive back spot, Tom Brady's going to pick you apart like we saw last year when he targeted Torrey McTire repeatedly. 
Yeah, and, and one cool thing to me, too, is because of the way that they're basically keeping Xavier Howard and Eric Rowe as the starters on the outside, and then flexing Bobby and Minka into some different roles, flexing Rashad and TJ into some different roles, they're able to give you so many different looks with the same personnel packages while keeping some of their best players on the field and finding the roles to do so. That's going to set opposing offenses up so they don't truly know what the defense is doing, even if they've got their dime package personnel out on the field, because you could have Minka in the slot, Bobby at free safety, Rashad at strong safety, and TJ up at strong side linebacker, or you could have them back there in a dime look, and you don't know what's coming, which makes it difficult for opposing offenses to plan based on the personnel and sub packages. Yeah, and that's really the strategy here, and a big difference from what we've seen over the last decade when so many of the defensive backs played in a very zone-based coverage instead of the man-to-man we expect to see here this year. So, yeah, Eric Rowe, word out of camp from the Dolphins beat writers as well as from the three yards per carry guys as well as the Lockdown Dolphins and Travis Wingfield is that Eric Rowe has been very up and down so far here in camp. It would be a huge compliment to the rest of the depth if Eric Rowe actually ended up not making this roster. I still think he will because of the veteran experience. You know, he is 6'1", 200 pounds, um, you know, former second round pick, has experience in this defense. But also, you know, he's a guy who hasn't played very well in the NFL so far. So my question to you, Paul, is taking a look at Minka, I believe that with when five defensive backs are out on the field, Minka's going to be in that nickel role. It's the same position he played at Alabama. You're going to see Bobby McCain full-time at free safety, it appears. But when the Dolphins do go to four defensive backs, do you see Minka kicking back to that cornerback spot opposite Howard? I see Minka kicking there, or I see Minka kicking to free safety and Bobby kicking out there. Uh, it, it's It's very much a scenario where Ideally, I would love, love, love to see one of these other young guys step up to be that boundary corner so they can keep flexing Bobby, TJ, Rashad, and and Minka around the middle of the defense where they can. But again, it's I I could see a scenario where Bobby kicks to the outside and Minka Minka slides to free safety. I'm okay with either scenario, even though I think Minka's a little bit better on the boundary than Bobby. I would be okay with either scenario, too. If you ask Bobby McCain, though, he's, he has said to the media, I am a full-time free safety now. But based on the versatility of this defense, we'll see if that changes. Uh, and he, Bobby McCain is the one player on this defense who is a – well, actually, not, not just the one player. We've got several of them. You've got Xavier. You've got Rashad Jones. You've got Minka. But Bobby McCain, it's going to be interesting to see if he can – stay back there at that center field free safety position, play with the ball over his head and get a lot of interceptions this year. Because my only concern about McCain at that free safety spot is he's not a very good tackler and he's going to be that last line of defense. Yeah. And the other thing I'll add to that too, is Bobby can say what he wants. There's only one person that's full time in one spot all the time. And that's going to be Xavier Howard, you know, Anybody else is if if they only play one role is a part time player, and I think Bobby's going to be on the field too much 
to be defined into one little box this year. Yeah, what I like is that, you know, we've talked about this 3-3-5 defense because that's really what the Dolphins are going to be playing uh, throughout the year, unless it's on a first down at the 20-yard line, where then you're going to see probably a 4-3-4 or a 3-4-4-4. So, yeah, it's what I like is now you're going to get your five best defensive backs on the field in a creative situation, which is going to be Howard, McCain, Fitzpatrick, Rashad Jones, and TJ McDonald. And then when you put a sixth guy out there, that's where it gets a little bit interesting because uh, Eric Rowe right now is that other boundary cornerback. Um, and we, sh- we should also see Walt Aikens make the team as the seventh defensive back, not because of his defensive back work, but because he is one of the best special teamers in the league. Reports out of camp, no surprise is that Danny Crossman has immediately taken a liking to Walt Aikens. And when he when the special teams unit is out there, Walt Aikens is out there too. So we should see him making the roster as well. After that, after those first seven guys, Paul, which are which are Howard, Minka, McCain, Jones, McDonald, Rowe, and and Aikens, who in your mind is the favorite to be the eighth and ninth defensive back on the roster, which we know the Dolphins are going to carry. Well, I mean, they signed Patman this week, and I think he's got a chance. But I also think Maurice Smith has shown a little bit too much special ability in flashes that I think that he's a guy that we could see um, Flores and, and, and company get enamored with at some point in time. So I think he's got a chance. One guy that I don't think has a good chance here, and I didn't think it coming into the preseason, I didn't think it coming into the offseason that he had a good chance anyway, but he, I think the fact that he's also hurt now has hurt his chances even f- further, and, that, and that's Cordray Attackers. So he's a guy that had an abysmal, abysmal year last year before getting hurt. And, you know, he's, he's walking into training camp under a new head coach with, a bad pass record and now he's not participating. So take that for what you will, but that's not exactly an ideal scenario to be in, especially at a position group that's as deep and flexible as, as, as this Dolphins one is right now. Yeah. I think T- Tankersley has an uphill climb. It's, it's really an enigma with the guy where you know, at the end of his rookie year, especially being a, you know, a third round draft pick, I thought that this guy was going to be at the, you know, a 10-year starter for the Dolphins, a cornerback, and he just fell off the face of the earth. I mean, he had a he just had a terrible training camp last year, and that was not Adam Gase's fault. And then in the preseason, he looked lost. Then he gets into the season. He's not active. He, he tears his ACL. And he, now this year, he comes in under the new coaching staff. He's already on PUP. I also don't see him making the roster. Uh, hopefully, he, he turns it around, but I think it's more of a mental thing with him than anything else. But look at it, who I think is are, are the next three who have the best chance to make the roster. Uh, Cornell Armstrong was a six-round pick last year, and he is also he also started to become a staple in special teams last year. And early in camp, when Walt Aikens is out there, Cornell Armstrong is usually out there too. So I think he is the eighth guy that is going to make this Dolphins roster as we sit here today. Ninth guy, I hope Jalen Davis does too because. He showed that ability when he got in last year, finally against the Bills. He should have got in earlier, but in 15 snaps, he had 
a pass breakup, a f- uh, sack, and a forced fumble on 15 snaps. Can't get much better than that. So I'm, I'm certainly rooting for him as well. So, uh, so Cornell Armstrong and Jalen Davis, Paul, do you have them making your Dolphins 53? I do, and I'm, I'm kind of tweaking my 53 right now I, I, in my head on a daily basis, especially given the fact that Miami truly is deploying the defensive backs the way that we thought and expected. The fact that you count Wall Jenkins as a defensive back, even though he truly is not. Um, they very well could be in a scenario where we see them keep 10 or 11 players. Another guy to keep an eye on here as well, who's been getting a lot of reps, including with the first team, depending on the packages, is Jamal Wills. Um, so he's another guy to keep an eye on here that I think is a very good chance of making the roster because his coaching staff seems pretty high on him at this point in time. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned him because word out of camp is that when the Dolphins go into that six defensive back look, then, uh, or excuse me, when they get six or seven defensive backs in the field, Jamal Wiltz is that guy after those locks that we mentioned. So he is the seventh defensive back that's coming off the bench right now. He's actually subbing with Eric Rowe, with Rowe getting most of the snaps when the Dolphins go into six defensive backs. So he seems to have a leg up right now in the rest of the team. Whether that's because of ability or experience in the system remains to be seen. And if it is, it's really a challenge to the rest of the guys here, like the Cornell Armstrongs and the Jalen Davises and uh, the Patmans. And they also signed a guy named David Rivers, too, who's bounced around with a couple of teams. So it's going to be an interesting situation there at defensive back. And I'm also with you on that too, Paul, with Maurice uh, Smith. I think he is somebody, it was borderline criminal that this guy has not gotten on the, not only on the field, but on the active roster over the last couple of years. Every time he got on the field in preseason, I thought he looked the part. I thought he played very well, but he never got that opportunity. My only fear with Maurice Smith is that, there's a possibility here that he gets crunched out because between McCain, Rashad Jones, TJ McDonald, Minka Fitzpatrick, Walt Aikens, I mean, you've got five possible safeties right there, but I do hope that they keep Smith here and just say, Hey, he's one of the, he's one of the best 53 on the team at least, and might be one of the best 40. Completely. And and two other guys to keep an eye on, um, I do think there's an outside chance one of them makes it or two of the young, young players there, Montre Hardage and uh, Nick Needham, two guys we talked extensively about in our undrafted free agent show. And really, they're two guys that showed a lot of special in college. And I wouldn't be shocked if one of the two makes the roster as a developmental prospect if push comes to shove. Yeah, Hardage and Needham have had a couple of interceptions, so they're making the most out of their opportunity Look like practice squad guys. Wouldn't surprise me if they stashed him on the bottom of the roster, too. I mean, I, these were players that, yeah, we we talked about in our undrafted free agent show. Uh, Pro Football Focus had them as top 200 players coming into the NFL draft, and uh, they would have been draftable players, no doubt about it, if they didn't post poor workout numbers. But those workout numbers in man-to-man defense don't seem to matter as much because you know, they're, if they can get up on the line and get that jam and show more athleticism than they, than they tested, could end up uh, being players that, that make the roster or at least get on that practice squad. Um, so we, we've run through a lot of players here, Paul. And one player we haven't mentioned is Chris Lammons. I think he's the last guy. He's the one guy who was just kind of there. He was on the practice squad last year. Um, 
Travis Wingfield said that he's really gluing himself to uh, special teams coach Danny Crossman so he knows his way to the the NFL or the Dolphins 53-man roster, but not a whole heck of a big shot with him making making the squad. So I'll put you on the spot, Paul, defensive back. Who are the players that you have overall making the roster? Well, I mean, we've already gone through our seven locks. Uh, on top of that, I've got I've got Hardage making the roster. I got Needham going to the practice squad. Uh, I've got Jamal Wilts. I'm going to go Maurice Smith here and Cornell Armstrong and Jalen Davis. And that's a big, big posse in that secondary. But again, they're using a lot of six defensive back looks and they need bodies to be able to fill those roles. Yeah. I mean, I think you've got 12 defensive backs there. I've got 11 and that's not uncommon in the NFL today, uh, especially with how many times the dolphins are expecting to, to deploy six six and maybe even seven defensive backs on the field at a time. So, yeah, I've got the seven locks as well, but I am hoping Eric Rowe gets pushed off this roster because that would have meant that like a Cordrea Tankersley um, or a Tyler Patman really stepped up, and, and these are these are players that, that I'm hoping do. Um, so I've got Xavier Howard. I've got the seven locks that we talked about. We don't have to go through them again. I've also got Cornell Armstrong as my eighth guy. Jalen Davis as my ninth. Um, and to round out the 10th and 11th guys, we're going to go with, uh, Maurice Smith and the undrafted free agent, Nick Needham as the final guy. Um, Jamal Wiltz, uh, right now, it, it looks like he's on the inside looking out, but I, I think as, as the preseason games begin here, they're going to go with a little bit more upside at the defensive back spot. So those are our that's my 11 guys. You have your 12. Two, a couple of players to look out for on the chopping block coming out from the Patriots. Don't be surprised if you see some uh, bigger names like Obi Melifonwu and Jonathan Jones and former second-round pick Duke Dawson be on the chopping block. And if that happens, Paul, the Dolphins and Dan, uh, uh, Brian Flores may want to pounce on that opportunity. I completely agree, and, and you know what a fan I am of Melifonwu. You know we've had him here on the show uh, leading up to the draft when he went to the Raiders. Uh, he he is such a freak athlete that he, I struggle to think Flores wouldn't be able to find a role for him, especially given that he's got a little bit of familiarity already. Yeah, I mean, player that was 6'4", 220 coming out of college, and yeah, he had injuries and he had problems with the Raiders, but Got on the Patriots last year and not only you know made his way on the team, but started playing some meaningful snaps a little bit late in the season and throughout the playoffs too. So not everybody can make the team there with New England, so it wouldn't surprise me if he got cut and the Dolphins took a look there. So that will do it for our breakdown of the defensive back position. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify. Be sure to check us out and tell your friends. And check check out our merch store, too. We've got a lot of great stuff there on the thefinsite.threadless.com. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the thin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the thin side. It ain't the left side.
left side for the right right side and it must be the fifth left listen dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.